I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the Power 365 show, where I interview staff at Microsoft across the Power Platform and Dynamics 365 technology stack. I hope you'll find this podcast educational and inspire you to do more with this great technology. Now, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Washington in the United States, and we're going to talk about field service. What's the state of play where things are at now and what is coming? He's a principal program a product manager of Dynamics 365 Field Service at Microsoft. You can find links to his bio, LinkedIn, and anything else he's done in the digital domain in the show notes for this episode. Anything we discuss resources-wise will also be in those show notes. With that, Hector, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Good to have you on the show. We've you know chatted a bit in the last month or so, especially since MVP Summit. And but before we drill into field service, just tell us a bit about food, family, and fun for you. What do you do when you're not doing Microsoft? Ooh, what do I do when I'm not doing Microsoft? I mostly spend time with my three and a half year old, my wife, trying to survive the Washington State weather these days because it's way rainier than we'd like it to be. Wow. Uh, hopefully, at some point we'll have some summer here. Who knows? <laughs> and then I just like to go cycling and, and running and skiing in the winter. Most of that's what I do. And read nonfiction. Nice. When it comes to cycling, running, and skiing, you're in the probably one of the perfect places on the planet. Yes. For when it's not raining. Yes. Yeah. When it's not <laughs> raining. Totally. Totally. How have you found it moving post COVID, kind of moving back into the office and getting back into, you know, how are you balancing the work from home, work from office type, you know, environment that we're all going through at the moment? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, in general, in Microsoft, we have a very hybrid approach where everybody have to have the opportunity to like choose what fit for them. What works for me is like, I typically, I'm in the office 50% of the time. So for example, I usually go Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays is my mm-hmm. in office. And I take the opportunity to do most of my one-on-ones with my directs, with my leaders and peers and things like that. So just so it can get fostered a little bit more like the people connection. Nice. And then my focus days tend to be days like Friday and Wednesday, which I take the opportunity to do like research focus time or do like interviews like these, customers mm-hmm, that are mm-hmm, remote, mm-hmm. et cetera. I like it. I like it. Tell us about field service. When when somebody says, hey, you know, you meet them socially, let's say, and so in other words, outside of Microsoft land, and somebody yeah. says, <laughs> so, so – you know, so they don't know what we do type thing. What, what, when they say, you know, what's this dynamic 365 field service thing? What, what, how do you explain that in layman's terms? Yeah. I'd say, have you ever seen a technician in your home or somewhere doing something? The answer is usually yes. Mm-hmm. And then they say like, well, how do you think that person got there? How do you think their work got defined? How do you think they're fixing the problem and how do you think they're communicating back to you? Mm -hmm. And they was like, well, I may or may not heard about that. It's like, 
that's what feels service does. You know, like putting the right field engineering in the right place at the right time, fixing the right thing and communicating with you as fast as possible. Yeah. Nice. Nice. How long how long's field service now been in the business? You know, I I was there when the announcement was uh, as in I was in Seattle at the time when the announcement of the acquisition of a range of tool sets, you know, um came in. I can't even remember the company now that was acquired. What was the field name? One. Field, field one, one, field one, yeah. Were you part yeah. of Field One? No, 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 no. You I can. actually joined I, I am like Microsoft uh, born and raised, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. at Microsoft for eight years and I was leading remote assist first. So Field mm-hmm. Service has been in market, I think, GA, I think this is the six or seven year. Yeah. Don't quote me. Yeah. Uh, but it's been a number of years. And then I've been mostly involved as a director of PM for Field Service in the last two years. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's it's a mature, established product now, you know, in the portfolio. What's the state of play? If you were to give me, you know, for somebody that's been in the channel a while, an update of where field service sits now, what it's, you know, from a market dominance position, where's the white space, where's the opportunity, where's, you know, because I always, the, the way I would talk about it is that, you know, why Microsoft got into this space is that there was no real dominant player. Everybody was home growing to the most part. When they needed an application, you know, if you're a service company that, you know, maintain the lifts in a building or the escalators in a building, you would uh, build an app, you know, that at some point, because it wasn't kind of like a solution off the shelf. And of course, one of the biggest challenges anybody had with any solution was the mobility piece, right? We need a, mm-hmm. a worker that can go on site. They're going to need uh, certain tools. They're going to need certain inventory products to do the fix. They're going to do the maintenance for cycle, et cetera. And I say that's why Microsoft entered the space because there was no clear dominant player. Now we've been in the space for a while. What's the landscape like in, in the market from your perspective? What do you look at? Where are we kind of positioned? How do we stand globally at the moment? Yeah, I think that, that's a great question. I think there's, there's a couple of things to unpack. Let me talk about the market first, and then we'll talk about the competitive landscape. Yeah, I think from a market standpoint, I think we're seeing an expo- explosion of use cases when it relates to what I broadly define not only field service, but like service and maintenance operations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think this is, this is, this is due to a myriad of factors, but I would say a few, a few things. One, the digitalization of the front end workers. More and more companies want to actually bring, you know, like digital tools for the front end workers. Like in the past, the typical flow would be like, I'll do pen and paper. Or I'll mm-hmm. do something and then I go back to my home or to my desk and I'll just fill all those things that I did. Now, you know, like more and more as mobile become mobile phones become more powerful and cheaper, like that consumerization that we saw in the information worker in sales and marketing, et cetera, say like 10 years ago, we're seeing it now in front-end workers, which I think is huge. Mm-hmm. The second the second trend I see is like the digitalization of the assets. But like we're going from this like system of record, traditional First of all, we're going from sometimes asset records being in isolation. So maybe your ERP has some asset data and then your your service and maintenance has some asset data, your customers have some data. But like we're seeing this explosion of like all the assets getting together and really turning into something that they can connect or they can get signal from and they can, mm-hmm. you know, you can really turn it into a digital twin. And I don't yes. really like that word because it's so overused. But like yeah, I think yeah. the, audience, the audience will get my point. Mm-hmm. And I think the third trend is like, the digitalization of the spaces itself, right? Like the, the uh, like, I think like I was in the IoT team for a while, for a long time before being in mixed reality, and for a while we thought everything was going to be connected, and now we're seeing that 
Those a lot of already connected devices like cameras and phones, etc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are actually giving you a lot of insights that you can get advantage from. So I think the explosion of these three things are making it so that the market is not field service anymore. Because we're seeing field service scenario on healthcare, on infrastructure, on banking, on finance, on what have you. So mm-hmm. that would make it like super, super attractive in my opinion. It's like we're trying to create the next suite of capabilities for the front-end worker, just as like say office or dynamics had it for the information worker in sales, mm-hmm, marketing, mm-hmm. customer service, et cetera. Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. That, that totally makes so, sense. So that's one. And then I think from a competitor standpoint, it's a it's a fascinating environment because I think on the one hand, we have our what I call, for the lack of a better term, the usual suspects, which mm-hmm. is you know Microsoft, Salesforce, IFS, Oracle, mm-hmm. et cetera, mm-hmm. right? We're all trying to go at the space from a, from a different angle. For us, it's all about like connected asset people in places, end-to-end from back office to front office, et cetera. But we also have a lot of like really interesting ISVs and players who are not necessarily associated with like say traditional field service, but they're coming to like fleet management, connected equipment, et cetera. For example, say Samsara, right? Mm-hmm. It's a super interesting ISV that has been up and coming more from the IoT space, but they're getting much more into the processes. So like that makes it like super interesting. And then of course you have like you know, like small small companies, which the one that's like I think it's upkeep. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's another one that we keep seeing, etc. So super, super, super fun place to be. Right now. So what's happened in the last couple of years within the team, within the product? You know, as in I, I had some feedback probably six months ago from the market that there didn't seem to be many new announcements coming out around field service. It was like last year seemed pretty quiet as a whole when we look at the release cycle, you know, coming out of Microsoft. I know there have been some changes. What, what's, your, what's your lens on this? Yeah. So... One of the things that, so when I took over Phil Strivers, like in late 2020, one of the things I saw was capability-wise, you know, great, right? I can take so many capabilities. We've spent so much time in the first four or five years shipping mm-hmm. all the features, right? Like we yeah. got into the yeah. Magic Quadrant, we got into like all those things. But then I thought, okay, our growth was incredible, mm-hmm. right? In terms of exponential growth, number of new customers, you know, pumping yeah. in. So what we really did last year was just like set the foundation to make sure that we continue to accelerate that growth. So mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we've done last year are not like necessarily shiny things, but yes. we prioritize, you know, we've, we've prioritized a lot of like the scale, the growth, etc. even though, you know, we've shipped all the customer engagement portal features, you know, we've shipped, you know, we've shipped a lot of the things in the new mobile app, we've shipped improvements in the work order form. But I would say we've actually been much more focused on making much better what we have Mm-hmm. They're actually expanding a lot. I'll give you an example mm-hmm. on the kind of growth that I'm talking about. Three years ago, I would say we have a few tenants, you know, some good good amount, but, you know, not crazy mm-hmm. of people who use IoT in production, connected field service in production, right? Mm-hmm. And we have a few million assets connected, right? Right now, we're on path to make the one billion assets in field one service. One billion. Yes. Wow. And when, when we're also, and we have several dozens of million connected mm-hmm. devices in field mm-hmm. service. Mm-hmm. So like, and these only happened in the last two to three years, right? So you can imagine the type of like, you know, like the, the you have to really make sure that customers are happy with what they have and can scale to these kind of things. So it's just, we've been spending a lot of time on this, like listening to customer feedback, et cetera. And it's also been forming kind of like our new holistic vision, which I was referring to a little bit, which is, I think what we're going to be all about in the future is like, 
more in linking the people, places, and things, right? Like, mm-hmm. so how do we make sure that you have with field service? How do we make sure you have an, an environment when you can leverage, you know, computer vision AI to be able yeah. to like, you know, like create a work order and also put yourself a HoloLens so you can do a spatial anchor and be able to diagnose the asset, but also have the best scheduling capabilities if you're in the back office, right? So like mm-hmm. today, uh, as you know, right, it still takes a lot of work to put all these pieces together or some work. Mm-hmm. We actually mm-hmm. want to make it much more adaptable and much more um, faster pace for our customers and partners. That's what we're all about. Nice. I want to look at two kind of core areas of the system, one being uh, the scheduling system that you just mentioned, and also then mobility. Have we reached, are we at a type of a status now from a mobility that all the kind of use cases you've seen come in from the market that were addressed, or do you see the still you've got still got a, a roadmap of work to do in the mobility space. How do you feel about the the mobile experience now and is it meeting all the market's needs predominantly? So I think in terms of use cases, we're seeing more and more use cases every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just talking yeah. to a customer, to a company the other day that were using field service mobile for their doctors and nurses as they were doing, you know, like trips to the field in the middle of nowhere and they wanted to report, yep. you know, like hearing, you know, hearing studies and things like that. So like, mm, 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 I never mm. thought about that. And I never thought they would need offline, you know, yeah. because yeah. that that type of persona. So I think mobility in the frontline worker space never ceases, ceases to surprise me in that sense. I think specifically with field service mobile, we, our customers are taking our app now in production, especially the new app, the Powerbase app, et cetera. Mm-hmm. They're taking our application to the extreme in a good way, right? They're, they're yeah, pushing yeah, yeah. the envelope and, and, you know, we're putting a lot of emphasis right now on like offline scenarios, mm-hmm, but not mm-hmm. offline, like complete offline or complete online, but those yep. edge cases, what happens when you go from one bar to three bars or four bars to two bars, you know, all those yeah, like yeah, things yeah, that yeah, make yeah, it super yeah. tricky. We hear the feedback loud and clear and we're putting a lot of emphasis into that. But I truly believe, Mark, that in terms of like frontline worker scenarios, I think we have our job cut out for the next 10 years because it's going to continue to like push the envelope. Right now, for example, another key area of focus for now is like, okay, how do we bring together all these MR capabilities that have been very innovation focused for a mm-hmm. little bit? Like, obviously, mm-hmm. there's some big broader use and all that, but sometimes it would land in the innovation teams or maybe I do it in a factory or I do it in one particular geography or one particular set of technician that has the willingness to pay for an expensive headset. Mm-hmm. One of the things we're thinking about is like, how do you actually democratize all of that so that every field service customer can instantly have MR capabilities? Yeah. Right? So that's what we're putting a lot of time into. It. So so if, if you're thinking about that scenario, I take it you're not thinking about it from a headset perspective, but more whatever the mobile device that I have, I can you know bring up the camera and go, yes. okay, let's, let's yes. get the digital overlay of my physical world. That's, that's phenomenal. I mean, most people today use phones, right? And mm-hmm. even in the, like, I think there's a market for headsets. The way I think about this is like 15 years ago, all we had was like, or 20 desktop PCs, right? Mm-hmm. And then we came some mobile PCs or mobile laptops and they were, yeah. they were very bulky. And then the portfolio started like, then we got the tablets and then we got like thinner, um, you know, thinner computers and all those things. And then if you, if you have an organization of like, a thousand people, you're going to have a myriad of people. Some people will need a super, super powerful machine. Some people are going to use a tablet, whatever. So for me, head-mounted devices is just another form factor yeah. 
that is it's going to be optimal for some workers. It's going to be optimal for other workers. Won't be optimal, right? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, a lot of our field technicians still have Class C devices today, mm-hmm. right? Like so, you tell them about going from a Class C device to to put themselves like a realware, a Hololens, or whatever, and that's a big leap. Right, yeah. it's a big change. So we just yeah. need to make sure we democratize. Microsoft has always been about democratizing technology to people. Mm, 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 if you mm. really think about it, we've our trademark has always been take something that looks extremely complex and and, and expensive, like for example databases, uh, like and then launch SQL and disrupt mm, Windows mm, Server. Mm, mm, mm. You know, Linux was like this. Like, then come Windows Server, boom, disrupt yeah. the Power yeah. Apps. Come to local development, Visual Studio. Like it's it's all trademarked over and over again. Mm, mm, and this mm. is what we want to do. The same thing in field service for the front end worker technicians. I like it. Looking at that other area, the whole scheduling system, um, and you know, it, it's an amazing tool and it's a complex thing to get right. What are you thinking about and without any NDA stuff, roadmap future around your scheduling? Uh, what what are you hearing perhaps even from the market or requests that people would like to see happen? I think, you know, the vision is to have, I think what we've seen right now is like our experiences and in general, the way the market has been thought about this has been very like, okay, you either do manual scheduling or you do assisted scheduling or mm-hmm. you do automatic scheduling, right? Yeah. And, and those are like few different experiences that are somehow connected, but they don't feel seamless. They don't feel like a slider that you can mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. you can choose depending on your context, right? And then I also think that sometimes the, you know, optimizer, you know, like our, our optimization tools. Mm-hmm. And I think in general, optimization tools, I don't think they've been super user-friendly in general. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. I think they've been very much like, okay, you really need to know what you're doing. And also sometimes the algorithm is not giving you back what you want. Like, why are you even optimizing like this? Therefore, yes. then it creates this like mistrust on the business persona who's doing it. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't know idea what you're doing. It's almost like, for example, think about Bing Maps. Now you trust Bing Maps on the traffic because there's been repeated times where they prove you that they can do it better than you. Mm, so we mm, need to create the same type of trust right, in the user of the optimized scheduling, knowing that it's sometimes it's a traditional user who doesn't want to use automation because they think that drag and dropping is better. So I would say two things that are top of mind for me in that area. Number one, making sure we make the experiences between manual, automated, and, and fully optimized, assisted and fully optimized, seamless. Mm-hmm into yes. one single user experience, depending mm-hmm. on your case. And then use much more suggestions, right? We notice that you're doing this. Do you want to do that? Another example I will give to, to, to your audience is like, think about Viva, if you ever use it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Viva gives you suggestions about your scheduling. It gives you yes. suggestions about blocking time. So we want to do something like that uh, in scheduling, right? We want to give the dispatchers some suggestions. So that's, that's one. And I think the other one is like, we just need to make optimization engines way simpler. Right, complicated in the back, in the in the <laughs> in the in the mix, in the guts yeah. of it, but very simple to the user experience. It's like most people, when for example, when you do AI, most people don't know if you're using AI or not. So we shouldn't just put technology in your face. We should just make it easy for you so that you can consume it. So like that, those are my two priorities: like seamless, a manual, assisted, fully automated, and also a much more easier user experience on the on the optimization side of things. I like it. I like it. You've talked about some unique use cases that you're starting to see more and more. You talked about healthcare there. 
what are some of the other use cases that you're seeing um, grow in dominance? So not just as in, not so much interested in the edge cases, you know, the, the one-offs, but what are you seeing more prevalent, you know, use cases for using Dynamics 365? Yeah, I think for some of our more um, classic fuel service audience, this is going to be like, of course, Hector, but I'm just going to say it because those are the two canonical scenarios that we're seeing. They continue mm-hmm. to, to, to work really well. Number one is like, Everything as a service, right? Rentals, product as a service, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. Like contract-based maintenance and things like that. You know, like mm-hmm. outcome-based. Mm-hmm. Super, super uh, important. We're seeing it across the board, but especially discrete manufacturers. Everybody wants to get to that. You know, I always yes. say that sometimes. If you think about, if you think about at least the model that I, iPhone has in the states, right? Like right now, they move to a service. Like you pay a fee, and mm-hmm. you have a phone. And you have an issue, you take it, you repair it, and every year you change it and you don't care. You're just paying 50 bucks or whatever the yeah. It, yeah. it is. I think people want to get to that golden standard for like not consumer devices, sometimes consumer devices, but also like, you know, equipment, machinery, engines, you name it. That's mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. The other segment that we're seeing, it's growing incredibly, is smart buildings and facilities management. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're seeing a lot of traction across the board on... You know, property managers, companies, rentals, the whole spectrum of what you would define facilities, real estate, um, which is cross-industry, obviously. Everybody wants to have a better service and maintenance story. For example, a company like us, Microsoft, we've actually used, and it's public information, we use Dynamics Mm -hmm. to do our own facilities management, right? Yes, better customer experience for our employees and better, you know, optimized resources for them. And then we work well, obviously, with the traditional providers like Severi and others to make sure that they maintain the business, except great. A lot of companies like us are trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the traditional providers, right? And, and, and we just announced a partnership with Severi, uh, I think it was a couple months ago, on how we're helping them transform their platform for facilities management. So not every company that can afford a once to do this, they can use CBRE to make it happen. And we're doing this across the board with a lot of companies, whether you're in rental properties, what have you. Super interesting use cases. Yeah. What's next? What, what's, you know, you've talked about some of the things that you're passionate on. What, what, what else are you thinking about in the coming 12, 24 months, you know, to land and market? Yeah, a lot of exciting news that I can't really talk about just yet. But what what I'll say is we're excited in Microsoft. This has been it's never been a better time for Microsoft to be in field service. And mm-hmm. what I would call like the we call this internally the physical operations, right? Mm-hmm. Like because mm-hmm. at the end of the day it was all about, right? And you're gonna see a lot of a lot of noise coming from what does it mean to do physical operations in the real world, in the industrial metaverse. You know, mm-hmm. like in every every part that is being played, what does it mean for companies to transform their front-end workers? What does it mean to connect people, places, and things into a seamless SaaS experience? Because, you know, for a while we've heard about these things, but it's mostly been a past story, right? Yeah. We give you the Lego block and you build it mm-hmm, and you give you an ISV, et cetera. Mm-hmm. How do we actually democratize this in a business application, right? And if you think about it, for me, and, and you know, this is my own metaphor, which is, the CRM business was disrupted 20 years ago in the cloud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before mm-hmm. that, it was all kind of like legacy tools and there's not like, and then the gold standard came and everybody started doing CRM, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that moment in field service and physical operations is about to come. 
Nice. Where we're going to start seeing a new paradigm or how people use tools, SaaS tools. And, you know, I think in 10 years, what is CRM for sales and customer service? It was just like, duh, of course we're doing this. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing in a few years is going to be for service operations and physical operations and asset management, et cetera. I love it. Resources. Where can people go to find more resources around field service? What's your, where do you direct people? So I usually point them to like, we have a YouTube channel for field service. Mm-hmm. We also have like an incredible amount of like, um, you know, resourcings on, on Microsoft.com's. I also will point them to the ideas portal if they want to get feedback. You know, we track that ideas portal very carefully mm-hmm. and we get tracked on that as well. And then the learning paths, you know, there's learning paths in the Microsoft site. You know, I think if you type, you know, we can, we can give you the link so you can put in the notes as well. Totally. If you track the learning mm-hmm. path for field service, you'll be able to get started on the various technologies. I love it. Hector, thanks so much for coming on the Power365 show. Mark, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me and, and thanks everybody for listening. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the MZ365 guy. If there's a guest you'd like to see on the show from Microsoft, please message me on LinkedIn. If you want to be a supporter of the show, please check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. How will you create on the Power Platform today? Ciao.